Welcome back. You made it back to some creepiness, huh? Thank you for joining us. This is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. We are still the podcast that explores the mysterious or the mysteries of the cryptid, the creepy, and the unexplainable. We are still your hosts. I am Josh. I continue to be Lennon. Indeed you are. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Touch My Sasquatch Pod. Go to our website at DontTouchMySasquatch.com. If you're enjoying the content and you want to help support the show, join our Patreon. You'll get ad-free episodes. You'll get exclusive content and much more. And please like, share, and leave us a rating. This all helps us to be seen by more people. Hey, Lennon. Yes, sir. How was your last past week since we last recorded? Uh, it's been strange. Real strange. It started <laughs> right after we were done recording, transferring the files over, didn't it? Yeah, so yeah. we got our brand new equipment here. Brand new. We're f- about a month old with the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> brand spanking month old. And uh, we're, you got to do this process of transferring the audio from the soundboard to a computer. And we're doing it. And the screen on it starts glitching out. Started ticking. Had a tick. Never seen it do that before or since. It's like it was trying to scroll to the right. Yeah, because you can swipe left to right between different recordings. And it was like, it was just glitching out. So that was kind of funky. That's, That's fun. So we'll have to check and make sure everything is on there. Hopefully it doesn't do that this time. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll have... uh, Missing the first part. It's the middle part. Because this is part three. What are you talking about? If it got corrupted or something. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I was so lost what you're talking about. Yeah. I was saying that uh, I've been very agitated and patient this week. I just felt uncomfortable in my own place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just mostly because of, you know, listening to this fucking creepy story. Mm -hmm. That my head plays games with you, so you just feel like there's someone there. You're just... Yeah, but definitely much more agitated and impatient this week. Yeah, well, I had a weird dream this week too, oh, uh, you which did. we talked about. <laughs> so sure did. M- middle of the week, you texted me, and well, let's preface this: I woke up this this particular morning thinking that I responded to a text from you in my sleep, because sometimes you'll text me and I'll be sleeping. So I thought I woke up in the middle of the night, responded to a text from you, and I checked my phone, no text. And I remember your text, like, word for word when I woke up. I was like, well, fuck. You know, I, I must have dreamt it then. Right. So cut to three hours later, you texted me, and word for word, exactly what you texted me in my dream. So you're clairvoyant. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> kind of freaked me <laughs> that, out. That would creep the shit out of me, too. Yeah. I remember you texted me back, like, first off, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I read it. I was like, what do you mean, what the fuck? I was just saying. I have yeah. a lot of notes for this week. <laughs> yeah, I went through the text until the week prior, and I didn't see a single one that had the same word for word that you had. So, yeah, there's weird, weird week. Weird week. I, I think it's mostly just our heads playing game, but I can't explain your dream. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Speaking of weird. Speaking of weird. We got the next two weeks of the Lutz family staying at 112 Ocean Ave. Are you ready? Oh, and, and our side character, Father Mancuso, we left off. As long as he's there. He's there. He's Word there. About he's him. like our comic relief, just sidebar, sidebar, <laughs> sidebar. Quick cut sidebar. to Father Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Old Father Frank. Old Frankie boy. 
Yeah, he's uh, where we left off. He was still having the flu. Yep. He had blisters that were festering on his palms and the back of his hands now. It was radiation burns. Radiation burns. And the Lutz family, George and Kathy, just watched the hooded, demonic horn thing, thing. Horn thing in, the, in the fire burn into the soot in the back of the fireplace. So that is where we left off, and that is where we'll pick up. On day 15th, January 1st, 1976. Start of the new year. <laughs> so on January 1st, Kathy and George woke up at around 1 a.m. in the morning. They were freezing. Their covers were ripped off the bed. All the windows in their bedroom were wide the fuck open. Middle winter, wide the open. If you do not live in New York or in the East Coast or anywhere where there's snow, that shit's cold. Yeah. So George closed all the windows. He went into the hallway, and he noticed that the doors in the windows of the the dressing room, which I'm not sure what the dressing room was, but the dressing room as well as the sewing room, wide open. Only Missy's room had a shut door and shut windows and was warm in there. So everywhere in the second floor, mm-hmm. windows and doors were wide open except for Missy's room, huh. freezing in the house. George went into the the, the sewing room, to close the window, and he couldn't get a shut. He was struggling to get a shut, and it finally shut. So something's in that sewing room. Yeah. Something weird is in that sewing room. Meanwhile, Kathy noticed that Missy's door was still closed and, as a mother would, rushed to check on her daughter. Mm-hmm. When she opened the door, everything was fine. Windows <laughs> were closed, room was warm, and Missy was asleep. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> it, there, there was just a small matter of the rocking chair again. Oh, God. By the window. Rocking. Slowly rocking uh-uh. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. George came in, rushed in right by his wife's side, saw the the rocking chair rocking by itself, started making a beeline. I don't know why they call it a beeline because you don't go walking and then loop, <laughs> loop. Anyways, made a beeline for the the, the rocking chair, and just as he did, Completely stopped moving. Ugh. Right? Thing would be firewood. It would be done. Yeah. I don't know why they still have it. George then told Kathleen to take Missy downstairs. Meanwhile, George went up to the boys' room just to check on them. Everything was fine with them. Nothing happened. They're in the third floor, by the way. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, George walked down, joined Kathy and Missy by the fireplace and, and to warm them up as well as warm the house up because... Well, it was fucking freezing. Yep. Except for, well, they took Missy out of the room, the nice warm room, into the freezing cold. How nice of them. Jerks. Bastards. So later that day, finally, George went to the office. Uh-huh. Kathy was feeling a little disturbed about what's been happening the past two weeks in the house. I don't know why it took her so long, but. <laughs> so she wanted to talk to someone, so she dialed good old Frankie. She dialed Father Mancuso's number. She heard it ring, and she suddenly, as it's ringing, sitting in the kitchen, she smelled the all-too-familiar perfume again. She became scared as <clears throat> she became scared and was waiting for that familiar touch that you know the hugging around the waist and the touching of the shoulder or hand. Mm-hmm. So she hung up the phone and ran from the room. There you go. Yeah, to run from the room. Jeez. Finally, do a logical thing. Meanwhile, Father Mancuso, who 
just heard, you know, the phone ringing and then hang up, yeah. confused. He was still dealing with a fever and blisters on his hands and <laughs> all that. So he's having a great old time. Yeah. He's just living life. checking on him, and he's just like <laughs> ailment after it's, ailment. It's poor guy. It's poor guy. Uh, spoiler alert, he puts on white gloves to hide this so he can do his job. Elegant. But, but hey, <laughs> fancy motherfucker. <laughs> so as we move on through the day, not much happens after that until as George and Kathleen were putting out the fire that night, to go up to bed, they saw a pair of glowing red eyes staring back at them through the outside window. They were on the first floor. Uh-huh. Glowing pair of red eyes staring at them from outside. Yep. In. Staring at them. So George ran out the ho- ran out the house to see what the fuck they were, but there was no one there. Uh-huh. He only saw tracks in the snow that went from that window around the house back towards the bow house. Of course. But the tracks weren't human. Can you guess what the tracks were? Cloven hooved pig feet. You goddamn right they were. <sighs> they were hooved feet, and they went to, to the, the bow house. The bow house. Uh, well, that uh, the garage door was torn off its frame too. Ah shit! Ah, uh, she is getting real. Done gun infestation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they went to bed after that because we just <laughs> as one would do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, fuck that. Right, we're gonna go to bed. <laughs> Just pig eye or uh, red eyes and <laughs> coved feet. Now we're on to June lie not. <laughs> June lie not. <laughs> Day sixteen, January second. <laughs> June lie not. All right. Day sixteen yep. on January second. Yep. Uh, Kathleen was cleaning. She felt that fucking embrace again. Someone was hugging her, as she asked. She asked who, like who it was. The pressure then increased. She then called out, let me go. She felt the embrace let go, and then the hands moved up to her shoulders. She felt the entity trying to turn her around, so now she's facing whatever the hell she can't see. Yeah. And something suddenly grabs her wrists. Okay. She became aware of that familiar perfume again, and there was... It was, it was like it was a battle between two entities of control of her. One comforting, one trying to restrain her. Exactly. It all became overwhelming and she passed out. Mm-hmm. Well, you get the perfume scent with a comforting um, embrace. Makes me think maybe Louise and possibly maybe Big Ronnie is the other one because he was also abusive to, the, to Louise. It's a good theory. Not saying that it's ghost, ghosts. Let's it could see. be demonic, though. Like, like could be. It's kind of where it is. Could be past owners of the house. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into that as we go along. Oh, on what the fuck that could be? Because <laughs> I tell you, again, fuck that. <laughs> so George, he didn't come home until later that afternoon. But before he came home, he stopped by that bar. Mm-hmm. What? What's it Henry's? called? Henry's. Henry's bar. It's called the Harry's. Henry's bar. Harry's the dog. <laughs> Harry, Harry is the dog. He doesn't have a bar. <laughs> uh, he just wanted a couple of drinks before he came home. While at the bar, he started talking to the bartender about Robert DeFeo in the house. The bartender mentioned he found a secret creepy room one time when he was over there in the basement. It was all red. He said that he had a nightmare about that room. 
And the nightmare had people killing dogs and killing pigs in there. The fuck? This is the bartender? This is the bartender. So he went into the house with Robert, and yeah. uh, they went to the basement, and they discovered this red-roomed, head-to-toe, blood-red mm-hmm. secret room. And so he had the dream that there were people killing dogs and pigs in there. Mm-hmm. Funny, pigs. Big man. You know, it's kind of... It's kind of going with a theme here, with this pig theme. Right. Revenge of the pig. (laughs) (laughs) So when George got home, Kathleen begged him and pleaded with him to call and ask for Father Mancuso to come back. Mm -hmm. So George called good old Frankie, and he asked Father Mancuso to come back. By the way, he got through this time. That time. And he asked him to come back and bless the house again. It's only been like two weeks. Except Father Mancuso did not want to return or step foot in the house again. Poor bastard, he's going <laughs> to die. Like, Fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Later on, it says, don't return or, or you'll die. Poor uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Spoiler laughs> father. <laughs> Poor Mancuso. So he told George that uh, they were in trouble. And when George started telling what has been going on at the house, the static returned and their call cut out. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that, my friends, was the end of day 16. Day 17, January 3rd. We're still with Father Mancuso. Good. And when he returned to his room after Mass, in which he was also saying a little prayer during Mass for the Lutzes, uh, his room, yeah, it smelled like human shit. Perfect. The whole room. Uh, he checked the toilets. There was nothing there. Nothing was backed up. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And he remembered and thought back to his small time studying demonology mm-hmm. and the fact that one of the signs of a demon, demonic presence is the smell of human fecal matter. So now he's dealing with a shit smell on his house. This poor fucking bloke. I'm he's not even goddamn Australian. His, and he's just trying to do his job. God damn it. What else is going to happen to this poor, poor guy? Bastard. God, he has, does he have any fucking victory? Meanwhile, George is in the basement. Guess what he smelled? Human shit. Human shit from the fucking hidden room. From the red room. From the red room. It smelled like human shit again. So he checked it out, and just the the strength of that foul smell caused him to start vomiting. It just was that strong and yeah. that bad. So, uh, yeah, after he cleaned uh, that up, he went upstairs and... <laughs> what was there to clean up? <laughs> vomit. Oh, that's he right. He did, he did vomit. I thought you were talking about the shit smell. No, no, there was nothing to clean up for that. <laughs> that's what I was saying. What the fuck's he cleaning up? He's cleaning up his vomit, you yeah, jerk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Might as well not have it smell like shit and vomit. <laughs> like, come on. Later that night, George and Kathleen, they were heading up to bed. Yep. When suddenly, Kathleen screamed at the sight of the ceramic fucking line. Remember the one they put in the sewing room? Yep. Yeah, it returned. It was sitting on the coffee table. Those Just, damn kids. They, they, no, because they or they asked the kids if they did it, and no, we didn't touch it. We didn't go in there. It was the same ceramic lion that he put in there, and so as I would do, he fucking threw that thing out. Yeah, fuck that thing. It's done. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> they went up to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Done with that. <laughs> Done so. <laughs> now we're on day 18. Day 18 of 28. January 4th. I almost said July again. January 4th. During the night, George was awakened to the sound of music. Mm-hmm. Not the movie. 
actual music coming from downstairs. So he went down to investigate, of course, and as soon as he got down in the living room, it stopped. Mm-hmm. No music. He went back upstairs. And when he returned to his bedroom, George saw Kathleen floating above the bed, nope. moving towards the window. So he went over, grabbed her. He felt some resistance, and then it finally released, and he carried her back yeah. to bed. What the fuck? Yeah, Why are you staying there? Fuck that. If, there's, if your spouse, child, uh, sibling, who the fuck ever Dog. is floating in air, Mm-hmm. That is when I peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're going to go back to Father Mancuso. I hope you're right. <laughs> still, <laughs> still hang, He's, hanging in there. <laughs> it's a daily event with this poor bastard. <laughs> Wakes up, his shoes don't have laces. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, because of the stench in his apartment that, or well, I don't know if they call it an apartment. I'm not too familiar with the churches, but they have rooms they stay in, the priests. Yep. Because of that stench, Father Mancuso decided he wasn't excited about it, but he was going to go stay with his mother for a short time until that stench went away. Mm -hmm. That's a smart man. Yeah. Oh, let's get away from the stench and the creepiness. Right. Not, let's stay here and see what else happens. So while while Father Mancuso was uh, at his mother's, he tried to call George again, mm-hmm. and he got through. So George recounted what has been hap- what had been happening. See what had happened is uh, had been happening at the house. George asked Father Mancuso once again, "Please come, bless the house, check it out." Father Mancuso decided he would go, but before telling George, there were moans and then the static on the phone. Oh, 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 oh. They probably weren't as sexual, but that's all I got. <laughs> that is all I got. This poor fucking bastard, after the, the moaning and the static on the phone, he felt like someone slapped him across the face. <laughs> this fucking dude can't win. <laughs> he can't. Oh, God. He Poor stepped bastard. foot in the house for an hour. He's right. been fucked ever since. <laughs> oh, this poor bastard. Yeah. So later that night, Father Mancuso, uh, remember the gloves he put on to hide all the... The elegant the, ones. The elegant gloves. The ones he was wearing to hide his hideous blisters on his hands. Well, he, he took the gloves off and... Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. It was clear. All good. Oh, fuck. His hands were healed instantly. And I was hoping the skin was coming with it. <laughs> what? That would have been wild. <laughs> this poor bastard. You want gore. He has a fucking win, and you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it just would have tracked. Victory. His hands healed. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it. I was hoping the skin was falling off. <laughs> <laughs> would have been wild. <laughs> Oh. I'm glad his misery is bringing you such joy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so now we're on to day 19. This is a short day. I got one fucking note. Oh, sweet. It was in the morning. It doesn't say what time. It was January 5th. Fucking George is again awakened by the goddamn music. It sounded like there was a loud marching band marching through his living room. So, again, he went downstairs to uh, check it out, yeah. and it, it immediately stopped. Except this time, he noticed all the furniture had been moved 
to the edges of the room. Carpet was rolled up, and it looked like it was getting ready for people to have a, a dance. Like, a, you know, yeah. everything's moved out of the center of the room so they could dance. Uh-huh. And that's it for that day. <laughs> yeah, we had an easy day there. Hey, <laughs> it's a loud marching band, and all my furniture's moved. Cool. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, wonderful. Demons were playing in a hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your partner, swing her around. Grab your partner. Don't go down. <laughs> Throw her down. <laughs> I don't have a clue what that is. I don't either. <laughs> oh, it sounded good. All right. We're going to move to day 20, January 6th. That old poor bastard that you wished hands was ripping <laughs> off his hand or skin was ripping off his hands. Father Mancuso, he went to the chancellors, Chancellor Ryan and Chancellor Nuncio to talk about, the, discuss the, uh, the whole ordeal at the Lutzes mm-hmm. to get their opinion what their suggestions were. It's chancellor at church thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, the high chancellor from Star Wars. <laughs> I was wondering, was Palpatine there? <laughs> what other chancellors are there? I don't know. That's what I was <laughs> the British chancellor overseas. <laughs> uh. So in discussing everything, they discussed the four main operations of the para, parapsychological, parapsychological line. Sorry, that's a fucking word right that's there. A word and a half. There is mental telepathy, clairvoyance, and precognition. These three all fall into the ESP, so that some of the voices, the touches, things moving and such. Getting a text message in your dream. Absolutely. Clairvoyant bastard. And then the fourth one is the uh, psychochinesis. Chan- I probably spelled that wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I probably stroked out when I wrote that. It's psycho something. It is, uh, it's when objects move by themselves. So the rocking chair, the ceramic line. I jumped the gun on the ceramic line. Telekinesis. When objects psychokinesis. Move, objects move with your mind? This is psychokinesis. Okay, psychokinesis, though. Why the hell did my... Chinesos. <laughs> it, it separated the word. Okay, psychokinesis. Whatever the fuck it is. Kinesis. Kinesis. Fuck me, Dad. You're in kinesiology. <laughs> that starts with a K and is totally different. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's when objects move by themselves. They recommended, uh, the chancellors, that is, recommended that the Lutz call some investigators or investigator operations to have it checked out uh, a scientific manner. Mm-hmm. They believed it would conclude something short of diabolic influence and suggested Father Mancuso never return to the house. I'm pretty sure that motherfucker wasn't going to return to the house. <laughs> He's like, yeah, got it, Eddie already. Check. <laughs> Check <those>. Got it. <laughs> so that was their suggestion, and, and they didn't think it was going to be any demonic presence. They thought there was going to be a scientific, escal- scientific explanation for it. Sure. Um, yeah, it sounds like a scientific explanation, yeah, right? Yeah, pigman. Doesn't your furniture move by itself? Yeah. Just... Well, when I... My- my local pig man, you know, I give him some side jobs and move my shit around. He's actually right behind you in the window. <laughs> Perfect. On the second floor. On the second floor. Yeah, Great. Exactly. He floats. He floats. <laughs> now we're going to jump back to Georgie. Old Georgie boy. He went to the cellar to clean up the shit smell. I don't know how he was going to clean it <laughs> up. Do his best. I, I don't know how he was going to clean it up. He's for breezing the shit out of it. Luckily, the smell did not remain. There was no more smell of shit, shit down there. And uh, as George was searching for an air vent... I guess, to air out the non-shit smell. Yep. Uh, he couldn't find an air vent, but he did find, underneath the front steps, he did find a uh, well. 
mm-hmm. a deep well. He touched the, I guess, the cap to it or whatever, and he heard rubble falling into water. So it was definitely a well. Mm-hmm. Underneath the front steps. Wunderbar. Wunderbar. So then George went upstairs and <laughs> guess who he called? My that old poor, buddy. That poor bastard. He called Father Mancuso. <laughs> yeah. He gets the call, leave me alone. Every time you call, something else happens. <laughs> He's uh, Jerry Seinfeld now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's our comic relief, apparently. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, so Father Mancuso then relayed the suggestions that were uh, given to him from the chancellors. Yep. And that they suggested the scientific investigation. He gave him the number for a psychical, guess that's the right word, psychical research institute in Durham, North Carolina. Now, I, being the curious little asshole that I am, <laughs> decided to... Now, it's at Duke University, by the way. So okay. I got I got a lot of information in terms of what it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And I found something that matched that location, Duke University. Yep. It is the Rhine Research Center at Duke University. So my my thinking is that that's the, the research center. Mm-hmm. Anyways, little side note. Uh, I could be wrong. could be totally wrong. I could be right. Either way. He called the institute that day, and they said they would send a field agent ASAP. And you're going to love where the field agent came from, Lennon. Where'd he come from? Oh, you'll see. Uh-oh. We'll get there. So then day 21 happened. Mm-hmm. January 7th, day 21, 2 a.m. in the morning. George woke up to Kathleen levitating again. It was about a foot off the bed, foot above him off the bed. And she was drifting away from him. Uh So he did what any husband would do and reached out and grabbed her by the fucking hair and pulled her back into bed. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Get over here, bitch. (laughs) Get shit done some way, somehow. So, So violent. Why the hair? Couldn't grab like a shirt? Yeah. An know. arm? <laughs> Whatever's no, closest, I guess. Just the fucking hair. <laughs> RKO'd her back down to the bed. So, oh my <laughs> God, you said RKO. You liked that. I did. I loved it. Yeah, Kathleen, of course, naturally awoke from this. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't awake from getting their hair pulled? Some people wake up, some people. So, <laughs> so then George turned on the light, and to his shock, when he looked at Kathleen... He saw a wild, gray-haired, toothless 90-year-old woman. What the fuck? Yeah, instead of his wife. Uh-uh. Yeah, it slowly faded. That's good. Uh, but that's fucking creepy. No, not for me. <clears throat> but it, it faded when uh, Kathleen went into the bedroom bathroom to look at herself. Uh, only thing that was remaining was some dark lines from, a, like from her on her face, not from her face, on her face. And by the morning, because they went back to bed, because of course you could sleep after all this happens. <laughs> right. I don't know what these people are, but holy shit. Brave. I'd, I'd be done. I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. Anyways, when they went back to bed, woke up in the morning, everything was back to normal. She didn't have lines. She didn't have gray hair, look like an old She woman. had her teeth. She had her teeth. <laughs> yes. Important. Yeah. So later that evening, one of George's employees... And his medium girlfriend. And I'm not talking about size. I'm talking about like a medium. 
medium, like, you know, psychic. Oh, I follow. No. You said medium girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. I you were talking about George's girlfriend. No, 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 no. George's employee and his medium girlfriend. Ah, God. Yeah, come All on. All right. Jeez, George doesn't have a girlfriend. That's why I was like, he's a married man. <laughs> uh, she went, so she, they stopped by the house. Yep. Is what, I think I said that. Anyways, yep. while they were going through, they were discussing what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. And she said, there feels like there's lost spirits. Like an old man and an old woman that have died here that are still hanging around. Yep. In the basement by the hidden room, she said she f- it feels like someone was murdered there and buried. Buried. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Upstairs, she went, she stepped towards the sewing room and said, you've been having problems here. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously she didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in going inside, she went into a trance-like state. And she started speaking, but it wasn't fully her voice. It was a masculine voice. And she said, uh, I feel like this house should be cleared or exercised. Huh. Yeah. In a masculine voice. In a masculine voice. Interesting. So that, I, I doubt Pigman was saying that, seeing as they exercising stay. him. Right. When she came out of the tranche, she immediately said, immediately said, I want to go, and both of them left. They never returned to that house. Later that night, George realized, uh, so that voice sounded familiar to him, so he realized uh, where he's heard that voice from. It was Father Mancuso's voice. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep, so Father Mancuso's voice coming through the medium saying... (laughs) (laughs) This house needs to be cleared or exercised. Yeah, uh, that's that weird. shit. Yeah. I mean, that's weird enough, right? Meanwhile, cut to Frank. He's just throwing up again. <laughs> no, no, no. We already mentioned Frank for today, so we're moving to day 22. <laughs> <laughs> Frank woke up. <laughs> day 22. So we're, we're the last week of this now. Yep. I, I don't know how they stayed here. This but. has been ridiculous up until this point, how they would stick around. It gets worse. But, I mean, yeah. So, day 22. January 8th. Field agent, his name was George Kokoris. George Kokoris. Okay. From North Carolina, the Institute. He called to schedule appointment, but he couldn't make it for that day because he was in Buffalo, New York. Ooh. But he would try to get there the next day. We're going to have a cut scene, and I bet you can't guess where we're going. Oh, I can't wait. He, going to good old Father Vancouver. Yeah, the motherfucker came down with flu-like symptoms again. Again? That's the third time in a week and a half. This poor it's, bastard. Well, he was at the home through the medium lady, so. Yeah, he also, every time he talks on the phone, I remember, what was it, the night before he called? Yeah. They talked, I think. I don't remember. That was 10 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Father Mancuso then received a call from the chancellors that he had the meeting with, if you remember. And Father Mancuso then told him of the recent happenings that George relayed to him the night before, two days before. And they all agreed that the Lutz should move out of the house. Wow, that's a hard decision. (laughs) Come on now. Execute order 66. (laughs) (laughs) So on this day, Kathleen's brother... And Kathleen's now sister-in-law decided they were staying there. They came back from their honeymoon, mm-hmm. and they're going to stay the night at the house. And they went to bed. For what? 
Just for the hell of it? I, I It doesn't say. I wish I could tell you, but it doesn't say. But they slept in Missy's room. It's a hell of a turnaround from a honeymoon to this. Just wait. So they slept in Missy's room. Okay. And they went to bed at 11 o'clock. Guess what time she, the sister-in-law woke up screaming? 3.15. 3.15. She woke up screaming. There was a little boy, or she said there was a little boy at the end of her bed. And that the little boy touched her foot. Now, if you know anything about some of this stuff, there's there's this picture. I was going to ask about this. Yeah, there's this picture of this little boy that died in the house. Yep. And it, it's it, it's said to be that little boy's ghost. Anyways, I'm assuming it's the same little boy because how many little boys are in that house? The boy asked her, where's Missy and Jody? George and Kathleen decided right then and there to start blessing the house. Just in the middle of the fucking night, we're going to bless this house. They wait till now. So they went to every single room in the house, except for the ones that people were sleeping in. They'd hit them later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did the blessing from Father Mancuso go? No bueno. Do you remember from episode two, part two? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go so well. So when blessing the kitchen, and they started doing the, the prayer and all that, they were stopped with a humming sound, very loud humming sound, that turned into a bunch of voices, just a collection of voices. It was all coming from the ceiling. And this phrase they kept saying, Uh getting louder and louder, will you stop? Really? Yes. (laughs) Hopefully that wasn't too loud. Sorry. No, it was good. So that was a fun little morning. And we're on to day 23. Yeah. January 9th. Let's go back to good old Frankie. All right, Father Mancus was uh, once again on the phone because he hasn't learned his Stop lesson by now. Stop doing that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> he was telling George again to leave the house. And as Father Mancuso is talking to George and telling George to leave the house, in the background, Father Mancuso could hear Kathleen screaming. Yeah. And then George just hung up the phone call. So now Father Mancuso heard a scream uh-huh. after telling him to leave the house. He doesn't know what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. He's now obviously worried, like, okay, just there's a scream. I know nothing. They hung up the phone. Well, after hanging up the phone, George rushed upstairs to her side. And uh, when he got up there, there were spots of green ooze running down the walls and pooling up on the floor, ah, on the shit. second floor. Oh, well, Ah, shit. (laughs) We got green news now. Uh, Who are you going to call? I'm hitting my bingo card here. (laughs) I'm one away. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, get this. Uh, Well, George was investigating and and, and trying to figure out what this ooze, this this stuff was. He stuck his finger in it, and it, Uh well, it was like jelly, like jello. So it's like a jello substance. Now, the boys were up there, and Kathleen was, was mad, thinking that they did it. But mm-hmm. they, they insisted they didn't do it. And all the while, George is sticking his gosh darn finger in the damn. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> yeah. He takes his uh-huh. finger with some ooze on it, uh-huh. some jello on it, and he puts it to his tongue. Because that's the natural uh, thing to I do, right? I knew you were going there. Yeah, he put it to his tongue. He tasted it. It had no taste. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's disgusting. I don't know about yeah. you, but if there's some random green shit or anything <laughs> on my walls, I'm not sticking my finger in even it if it's and then <laughs> licking it. Even if it's not paranormal, you got some shit, <laughs> Let me shit try to look at your walls. What is this, Willy Wonka? Taste the wallpaper? <laughs> mm, the schnozberries no, taste like schnozberries. No situation is that something edible. Should <laughs> <laughs> I take a good handful, a little midnight snack? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. So, good old George, right? Yeah. That evening, George, he was frustrated and just snapped at Kathleen's suggestion to leave. Kathleen wanted, Kathy wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. She was done. Mm-hmm. And George just snapped. And he went around the house yelling while he opened up every fucking window in the house. And he was yelling, in the name of God, get out. Okay. Meanwhile, Sergeant Frito was doing his little patrol of the neighborhood. And he was stopped by the sight of this fucking madman running around the house in the middle of the winter, opening up every window, yelling and screaming, followed by a, a little petite lady shutting the windows <laughs> behind him. him. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that sight? Fucking lunatics. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking, I'm just going to keep driving. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see anything. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> it's normal night. On the day 24, January 10th, George sat by the fire most that night. Uh, at one point, he, he went to grab a Bible, and he started reading it out loud because that has worked so fucking well <laughs> twice now. Let's grab the Bible and read it out loud. You know, and then he was done. He was getting tired. He was letting the fire die out, but he was still reading this Bible. I don't know what passage. I can't remember. I didn't write it down. But he was reading the passage. Fire's almost dead. Yeah. Suddenly, the fire roars up, basically just coming out towards him. Mm-hmm. He stood out. Oops, he stood out. No, he stood <laughs> up. And then there was this feeling of, like, cold fingers jabbing in his back when he stood up. So then he turned to look at what was jabbing him, and it was, he didn't see anything jabbing him, but when he looked over by the stairways going upstairs, he saw this mist-like form going up the stairs. Uh-huh. Now, what could be a mist-like form going up the stairs? Mist-like forms. Or ghosts. Or smoke. Or ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so George rushed up the stairs. He checked on Kathleen. Kathleen was good. Everything was good with her. He checked on Missy. This poor girl's windows were wide open and she was freezing while in her bed. So George took her, put her in, in bed, Kathleen, with Kathleen, mm-hmm. and he went and shut the windows. They went upstairs to check on the boys. And God damn it, their windows were wide open too. But they were in bed, huddled uh-huh. under the blankets, freezing. So he took them, brought them back down, not back down, brought them down and put them in bed with Kathleen. So now they're all in the same room. Yeah which is something they're going to be doing for the rest of the time there. So they're all huddled in the bed, and, and Kathleen's in there trying to keep them warm. Yep. In the morning, Kathleen then called her mother and asked her to come to the house quickly. Her mother came and examined the strange flaming red welts that were on Kathleen's body now. That's ex- new. Yeah, that is new. This has been in the morning. So they extended from her pubic region to just under her breast. Just lines. They didn't hurt her, but if you touched these welted areas, 
they burned your hand. So her mother would touch the welted area, uh-huh. and then it was like it was burning, like burned her finger. Really? Yeah, so she asked George if this happened to him as well, and he said yes, it happened to him as well. But they didn't hurt Kathleen. They only hurt the person touching Kathleen. The the welts. On Kathleen. <laughs> yeah. So throughout the day, the welts slowly went away. But that's fucking weird, too. Yeah. I don't know what brought it on. I mean, but yeah, she's strange. just laying in bed naked. Her mother comes in. Hey, Ma, touch these welts. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. This whole family is like... Fucked up. Like, first off, they're staying in the house. Second off, they're touching weird shit. <laughs> they're, they're eating weird shit <laughs> yeah. coming out of the wall. I'm surprised George didn't try to lick the fucking welts. <laughs> oh, oh, my tongue. Okay, it's just hot. It's like I just hit a hot pizza. <laughs> uh, so George went to the library. He borrowed a book about demons and witches. Uh, he read about it. He read about a ritual. It's call upon the demons. Like, why would you want to call upon the demons? Yeah. So he, he read a ritual that would call upon the demons and then called Father Mancuso to talk to him about it. Are you stupid, George? <laughs> then, as I would, Father Mancuso, this poor bastard, <laughs> yelled at him, Quit stop. Quit calling. Just, just not stop calling, but stop. Don't do the ritual. Stop looking into it. Just get yeah. out of the house. <sighs> When suddenly, once again, there was moaning and clicking noises, and the phone was cut off. Again. It's so sexual. (laughs) It's so sexual. It's the only kind of moaning I know, baby. (laughs) Uh, So that night, oh, poor Danny now has it. Who? Uh, uh, Daniel. Danny. Daniel. One of the kids. So he was going around. He was shutting a window. I don't know why this window was fucking open, but he was shutting the damn window. It was it was uh, it was in um, the bedroom, mm-hmm. not his bedroom, but the parents' bedroom. Yeah, he shut his goddamn win- fingers in the window, ah. and they couldn't get the window open. Oh, good. So yeah, they took him to the hospital. And the weird thing about it, he had no broken bones. He didn't have any damaged cartilage or anything, but. Uh, yeah, his his fingers were weirdly flat, flat, flat. Where All the right. window was, his windows, his windows, his fingers were just flat. That's new. That is new. I would freak out too. He's like in a cartoon. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> no. That's... What the hell? God damn it! That's Metallica. Well, flat. that was. They were flat. All right. What? No broken bones. Somehow, no damaged cartilage. Nothing, just the fact that they're flat, mm-hmm. and the pain started to go away. So other than the weird flatness of his fingers that eventually went back to normal, apparently they're made of, I don't know, gelatin or something. I have no yeah, clue. you just got to blow into your hand like it's a balloon in the cartoons, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Need to borrow old Father Mancuso's gloves for that poor kid. <laughs> that was all that happened on that day. Now we're on to day 25 of 28, there. January 11th. It was 6.30, so it wasn't 3.15. 6.30, George woke up, was awakened, sorry, by rain hitting him in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, rain. Now, yeah, so at All this right. point, the kids were sleeping in the bed, and him and Kathleen were kind of sleeping in the chairs next to the bed okay. so that they weren't crowded in the same bed. So at 6.30, he was awakened by rain hitting his face, 
and he noticed that every room, every room, every window in the house was opened, and every door was smashed open. Smashed. And they slept through it all. Damn. Didn't wake up. Just slept through. Doors hanging off hinges, all fucked up, door frames messed up, windows wide open, yeah. slept through it all. Some creepy shit. Kind of like sleeping through gunshots of your family being brutally murdered. Something to do with that house. It has very good fucking acoustics that you just can't wake up for anything. <laughs> I love it. We got to investigate how that was built so that, you know, when we build our studio eventually, nice and soundproof. <laughs> so later on that day, George Kakoris, Kakoris, the field agent, uh, if you remember him, he does the, he's the one they called while I look back. Yep. He called and uh, talked about staying the night. To investigate, but he had no, none of the scientific instruments uh, with him, so it would just be kind of an observational stay and inform- informal, mm-hmm. which George said, that's fine. We just want someone here to validate what mm-hmm. we're seeing. Now we're on to day 26, January 12th. That night, the kids slept in George and Kathy's bed, and they slept, Kathleen and George slept in the chairs again. They all fell asleep when George was awoken to Kathleen and the kids shaking him and looked very upset. They told him he was yelling in his sleep, and uh, they couldn't wake him. He was yelling, I'm coming apart. I'm coming apart. Weird. So now, while he was asleep, Mm -hmm. he remembers his dream. What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) So while he was asleep, he uh, he remembered what he was dreaming about. He, He suddenly fell asleep. He felt like something gripped the chair and lifted him up, turning him around. He faced a hooded figure with a half-blasted face that was burned into... You remember the one that was burned into the fireplace yes. nights earlier? Yeah, he faced that. And uh, he said, God help me. And the face under the hood then turned into his face. And then it was torn in two. And he started yelling, I'm coming unglued which they heard, I'm coming apart. Uh-huh. He said, I'm coming unglued. So he dreamt something. Obviously, he was speaking in his sleep. Yeah. I don't think it happened. I think it was Just more of like a psychological attack yeah. than a uh, physical attack. Suddenly, uh, Missy piped up and said, um, good old Missy with the fucking one-liners, Daddy, come to my room. Jody wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Nope. <laughs> So George then asked Kathleen, who was George? Or who was Jordy? Jody. Jody. He knows who George was. He's George. <laughs> George asked Jody who George was. <laughs> he asked who Jody was. Because remember, nobody told him who the fuck Jody was. Yeah. Uh, George, or Kathy said, that's Missy's imaginary friend that only she can see. Missy then said, oh, yes, Mama. I see him all the time. He is the biggest pig you've ever seen. It hit George and Kathleen just then that the pig was in her room. The pig was in their room? Her room. Her room. They saw it? No. It was more of the... uh, Revelation? Like, oh, that's her imaginary friend, Ah. Jody, who's a pig person Mm -hmm. that's always in her room playing with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, It just hit him. Yep. Like, oh, shit. Her imaginary friend is this pig demon thing that they keep seeing. That's, like, haunting them. So George rushed to Missy's room, and uh, when he got there, there was nobody. So he asked Missy where Jody was. Missy says, he'll be right back. 
He had to go outside for a minute. George sighed, expecting the worst, and yelled to Kathy, there's nothing here. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of like a sigh of relief, like, oh, okay, all right, maybe it really is just imaginary. Uh-huh. Friend. <laughs> Missy then said, there he is, Daddy, while pointing at the window. And staring back at him and Kathy, they saw two mean, pig-like, glowing red eyes again. Yeah. They saw it? They saw the eyes again. This is on the second floor, by the way. I was about to say. This is the second floor. Shit. Missy then said, he wants to come back in. Suddenly, Kathy rushed past George in one full, like, fluid motion, grabbed a chair, and bam, through the window. Uh-huh. Just destroyed the window. When she did that, shattered the glass, and you could hear an animal cry of pain, squealing. Through that, though. That's weird. Fuck Just that. like out the window. So George rushed over to the window to see if he could see anything. He saw nothing, but he still heard the squealing like it was moving towards the boathouse. Oh, yeah, the fucking boathouse. The, the fucking boathouse and this goddamn pig squealing now? Uh-huh. I mean, it's bad enough seeing red eyes. Was but this during the day or was this night? This one was at night. This was the morning of uh, January 12th. Gotcha. So we haven't gotten into the day yet. This is this is uh, early morning. I early think. morning. So it's dark out. Yes, it's dark. Okay, that makes everything worse. So that's why it was <laughs> <laughs> Well, later that morning, the field agent called and uh, apologized that he wouldn't be able to come that day as promised. Um, yeah. Guess what he picked up while in Buffalo? Uh, pick me, the flu. Pick me. <laughs> yeah, he picked up the flu, and uh, he would try to be out there on Wednesday night, but see how that happens. <laughs> that was Monday, by the way, so uh-huh. Wednesday's in two days. Day 28, if you remember. After the call, Kathy went over to Missy, and uh, yeah, she asked her some questions about Jody, because we really want to know who this pig guy is instead of just leaving the fucking house. Right. She asked if Jody was the angel she was talking about, if you remember back in uh, part two. And Missy said, yes, that was the angel she was talking about. Some kind of angel. That's a great angel. What angel's a pig, though? (laughs) She said, why do you think he's an angel if he looks like a pig? She said, because he told me. Hmm. Kids, so innocent. (laughs) She asked, what else did Jody tell her? Missy then said, he told me about a little boy that got sick and died that used to live in my room. And the last night he said, and last night he said that she, Missy, Uh would live there forever so they can play with the little boy. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Peace. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. Later on that day, the window repairman came to repair the windows, which he nicely did. He didn't do it for free, but he didn't ask for money right then. He just, it's cold out. I'll fix these now. Pay uh-huh. me later. I'll send you an invoice. But he couldn't fix Missy's room. It was too window. It was too messed up. Yeah. I don't know what kind of chair she threw through the fucking window, but man, Big one chair. hell of a chair. <laughs> like that was she unfixable. Gets strength to her then. <laughs> Tell me about it. So once again, they decided we're going to have the kids sleep in our bed again. So on the night. Or the morning, in this case, of day 27, January 13th. Ooh. Guess what time George woke up again? 
315. 3.15, he woke up, 3.15. He heard this uh, familiar sound. It was a marching band again. Oh, those fucking bastards. Fucking marching band. <laughs> Poltergeist, man. What is up with them and loud noises? <laughs> he decided not to investigate because he just he thought it was in his head mm-hmm. and that he'd go down there and there'd be nothing, so why bother? So he just went back to sleep. Kathleen awoke again to him screaming in two different tongues. When Kathleen touched him, he cried out, it's in Chris's room, over and over. Uh-huh. It's in Chris's room. It's in Chris's room. It's in Chris's room. Uh, George was dreaming, by the way, if you couldn't tell. Yep. <clears throat> so in his dream, uh, he was watching Chris in his room basically through the fucking ceiling. Yep. And there was a shadow that was going over to Chris's bed. And then it went to Chris's bed and was standing over Chris. Now, remember, Chris is in, he's, the kids are in, in their room. So he's not in his bed, but he's, this is what he's dreaming. Yep. So George tried to get up, but it was like, you know, there was a hand on his shoulder holding him down into the chair. He was yelling, it's in Chris's room, in his dream, which mm-hmm. obviously he was yelling in real life. And suddenly he saw Chris out of the bed, wrapped up in the shadow. Okay. In the dream. So this is him now shaken awake. He wanted to check on Chris, but Kathleen told him that Chris is in their bed and he's under the covers. Safe. Safe. And he hasn't left yep. the bedroom. When Chris said, I did leave the bedroom. I had to go to the bathroom. But the bathroom door in the bedroom was locked, so he went upstairs to use the bedroom bathroom. Brave motherfucking kid. Uh, he didn't go through the... He didn't go... He didn't actually go to the bathroom because... Uh, when he got up there, he could see George through the bathroom floor, and it scared the hell out of him. What? Yeah. So, basically, the ba- bathroom floor was, like, invisible. Uh-huh. But who knows? Maybe he was dreaming, too. Just a weird coincidence, right? So, in the morning, uh, George called good old Frank Mancuso. Father Mancuso was called again. God <laughs> damn it. Leave this man alone. <laughs> George told him that they were going to leave and take the chancellor's advice and get the fuck out of the house and go to Kathleen's mother's. Finally. Finally. He said the kids were involved now and there was too many incidents with them and he feared for their safety. Father Mancuso agreed. (laughs) Jesus. He's been shouting that since day 10. (laughs) (laughs) My hands are melting. Get the fuck out of there. (laughs) But it's got a boat launch. (laughs) God. But it's everything we dreamed of, minus the demonic presence. Yeah. So they packed up the van with, you know, just enough stuff for a couple days. Uh, Harry the dog, haven't heard from him in a while. He's... He's been around barking and sniffing and doing all that. Getting other frostbite stuff. outside. Yeah. I cut him from the story just because it was a long-ass story already. <laughs> um, yeah, they all went into the van, and uh, yeah, the van wouldn't fucking start. Uh, of course. Couldn't start the van. George got out, opened up the hood, checked to see what the hell was wrong, and suddenly storm hit just like that. Just yeah. came in, and it was just downpouring and sleeting and raining and... So they all ran back inside because why the fuck not, right? I'd rather sleep in the van than <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. When they got inside, the power went out. Of course. And he, uh, yeah, George was frustrated. He said, "It'll never let us leave." Yeah. And, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't wait till you know. It's about to fucking kill you to leave. Right. 
Now, as that evening went on, the temperature in the house, even though the power was out, temperature in the house, middle of January, uh-huh. winter, it increased past 90 degrees, except for in Missy's room. Missy's room was, it was a comfortable temperature, but every other place, the temperature went up to 90 degrees. <sighs> Guess what, what came back on the walls in the uh, playroom? Uh, George's favorite dessert. <laughs> he took a good old heaping bowl full of it. <laughs> No, so it came out, it was actually coming out of the playroom lock. Okay. Yeah, so it's coming out of the lock, running down on the floor, going, pooling down the stairs. George decided he's going to clean this up, and he's not going to tell Kathy and the kids and freak him out even more. Yep. It's reasonable. He didn't take any for uh, dessert, by the way, so <laughs> he decided that he's going to leave at this time. He had enough. Yeah. So we realized they would not be leaving that night, and they were going to have to stay one more night. So they all stayed in Kathy and George's room again. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, at 10 p.m., the heat finally uh, cooled off. 30 minutes later, the, the thermometer read 60 degrees. So now we're going the opposite way. Yep. Now we're going fucking cold. So finally, at 1 a.m. on day 28, January 14th, 1 a.m., the house was freezing. I mean, the power's out. You expect right. the house to be cold in the middle of winter. Suddenly, Kathy lifted her head, got off the bed, looked into the mirrors, in the mirror, not the mirrors. Eyes wide open, but she was clearly asleep still. Yeah. There was, like, no life in her eyes. She started walking towards the bedroom door to leave. But she stopped because Harry, the dog that we cut out of the story, <laughs> well, he was in the room with him that night, too. Mm-hmm. So Harry was laying across where the uh, the exit of the bedroom is. So it stopped her. She didn't obviously leave. Yeah. George leapt up, leaped up, grabbed her. Her eyes were open but lifeless. He shook her but no reaction. Then her eyes closed and she went limp. And he carried her back to bed. Uh-huh. Fuck that. So Harry good, saved her. <laughs> good job, Harry. He woke up and then uh, just started vomiting and just... Harry? Harry did. I guess. <laughs> Poor dog. Eating that green shit. <laughs> Yeah, after he was done vomiting. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, not George. He didn't eat the green shit. (laughs) He's loving it. Poor guy. He walked into the hallway, and so he's not guarding the door anymore. Then there was a silence all through the house, a little too silent. George went back to bed after cleaning up the vomit, of course, because that's disgusting. And storm has stopped. The room became ice cold. Um, It's probably because the power was out, but who knows? You know, it's not like there's any demons or ghosts in the fucking house. (laughs) When suddenly there was a noise in the boys' room above them. It sounded like something scraping across the floor in their bedroom. He realized it was the boys' beds scraping back, or uh, rubbing back, going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, He tried to get up, but found he didn't have the strength to move, actually. He couldn't move. He couldn't move. He heard that, couldn't move. And then the dresser drawers in the bedroom right at the end of the bed there, they started opening and shutting. Ah, fuck. So now you got the beds moving above him. Dresser drawers opening and fucking shutting. And then came the voices. Ah, shit. The voices that he heard from downstairs. Those voices were shortly drowned out by the sound of a marching band from downstairs. Jesus. So now, you know, the drowned out the voice. Now we had the marching band, and it sounded like it was coming up the stairs. Cool. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now the doors are slamming back and forth. So let's let's recap here. We have beds moving above in the boys' room. We have the dresser drawers moving. We have a marching band coming up the stairs. And all the doors in the house are opening and closing violently. Uh, voices. 
the voices that were drowned out drowned by out, the yeah. yeah. Everyone, including the dog, slept through it except for George. What the fuck? Now, my question. A little sidebar. Sleep paralysis? Is he, is he dreaming this? Is he, because he can't move. Yeah. But he's seeing and hearing this stuff. It's puzzling puzzles with JNL. Puzzling puzzles. It's puzzle time. <laughs> but is he, is, this is, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- yeah. this theoretically and logically could be sleep paralysis. But in the same sense, all this stuff is happening with nobody waking up anyway. So it also could have happened. Which is it? Right. We'll never know. But it was kind of just a thought I had while I was, I was writing. It's a puzzling that. puzzle. All he could do was was lay there and watch. He couldn't talk. He couldn't move. Again, sleep paralysis, right? No, I want to bring something up, though. I Absolutely, right. Yeah. So you're the one who has the sleep paralysis more than I do. Um, the experiences I have is just I wake up and I'm just stuck. Yeah. So when, obviously, yours are different, but how do you get through them? Do you just have to, like, bite your tongue and just bear through it, or do you have, like, something to wake yourself up? Like, so- for me, I, like... Sounds stupid, but I like not imagine I have an energy bar like in a video game, but I kind of like I kind of like tense all my muscles up and kind of like explode out of every muscle with like trying to jolt myself awake. Gotcha. Well, for me, most of the time, let's say 99% of the time, because of the last two I told you about where I couldn't wake up, 99% of the time, first off, I I rarely see stuff and it's usually shadows. I they never have heard anything so they get out. But I just focus on like a leg or an arm moving it. Yeah. And I just really focus on it. And once I can finally move it, it kind of jolts me awake. Mm-hmm. It's still creepy as shit. But right. only time I couldn't literally do anything was at that time or the two times. The one where the get out and the one where, by the way, they're both in the apartment I live in now. So anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, those two times. Gotcha. So. Generally, so, it's just me focusing on a limb. I was just asking because I was thinking, like, man, did he have to fucking sit there, wake through this whole experience all night? But anyway. Well, yeah, that's if it's sleep paralysis. If, if it's it not, I mean, it was just fucking creepy. Something well, He said it felt like something was holding his shoulders down, but yeah, who knows? You could, I'm sure you could feel things well. Yeah. So back to all he could do is lay there and watch. He couldn't move, couldn't talk. And then he, he saw and felt someone. He felt them standing over the bed, something, standing on the bed, not over the bed, standing on the bed, uh-huh. something with not human feet because human feet are, are longer, yeah. something with hooved feet was standing on the bed. He must have passed out, though, because uh, the next thing he remembers was uh, waking up to Danny and Chris standing next to him on the side of the bed, and they were pleading with him to get up, saying there was a monster in his room, in their room. Now... <laughs> I guess they were back in their bedroom because I don't know why they'd be in their room. Anyways, there's yeah. a monster in their room. They said it's a monster with no face, and when they saw it, they ran away. Uh-huh. Good boys. Yeah, they're smart. So George jumped out of bed. He went into the hallway. He looked up the stairway, and then he saw it. A huge hooded figure, all in white, pointing right at him. Pointing at him. Pointing at him. Fuck that. So George grabbed Missy. And gave her to one of the boys. She was still asleep at this point. He grabbed Kathleen. Fucking powerhouse he is. He's grabbing <laughs> his wife and throwing over. Let's go. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so he grabbed Kathleen. And they all headed out of the house into the van. Harry was following. Don't worry about the dog. The poochie followed. Good. Jumped in the van. The van 
started. Then he fucking peeled out of there and left. They left. It was 7 a.m. Wednesday, January 14th, 1976. 28 days after moving in, and they never returned to the house. They left all their shit there. They never returned. The Lutzes moved to California by about March of that year. Yep. They left everything behind and signed the house to the bank. They just wanted to be done with it. And that day, the day they left, uh, January 14th, Father Mancuso, baby. Yeah. Yeah, he decided to go on vacation. He fucking left immediately. Good, he deserved he, a he went, vacation. He went to, uh, after all that, this poor guy has a happy ending, and I'm happy <laughs> Good. for him. God love you, brother. <laughs> Good, he deserves God love that. you. Now, after everything happened, this was on the news. It was about January, or January, February 18th, 1976. And they were kind of doing a newscast on it. Mm-hmm. And they decided to have researchers, psychics, clairvoyants, demonologists, Parapsychologist, you know, George, George uh, Kokoris from, he came and did this with them. Yep. They all decided to stay and film activities with George Blessing. So George allowed this. Yep. Because he didn't really want to, he didn't want to have people constantly tracing, especially with all his stuff in there, but he allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they tried to provoke the entity. They placed crucifixes and blessed candles that they lit in the center of the kitchen table. They held... This was the first of three seances at 10.30 p.m. During that seance, one of the psychics became ill. Surprise, surprise, another fucking illness. Yeah. She said, in the back of everything, there seems to be some black shadow that forms a head and it moves. When it moves, I feel personally threatened. Then the medium, in a trance-like state, stated that it was here in the bedroom. Whatever it was, it was here in the bedroom. Then George Kokoris became violently ill, and he had to leave. The reporter then felt a cold numbness all over the, her body, his body. The clairvoyant then said, whatever is here, in my estimation, most definitely an, of a negative nature, it has nothing to do with anyone that once walked the earth in a human form. It is right in the bowels. It's right from the bowels of the earth, one that could only be removed from by an exorcism. Uh-huh. So, th- this book basically was recorded by uh, George. Not recorded, but they decided they would do the book because they've had too many um, ridiculous claims and everything. So they wanted to get the "quote unquote" truth out. Yeah. So they recorded each one's account, both in complete agreeance and agreement. On all the details. This was also confirmed, this was the art, the author doing this, by uh, by accounts from individuals like Father Mancuso, some of the police and some others mm-hmm. of the same accounts. So this has been not only George and Kathy, but also Father Mancuso and yep. his story, yeah. who George didn't even know, George and Kathy didn't even know what was going on with this poor motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> until the book came out. At some of the policemen and, and some of the others. Yeah. So a lot of different not connected. There's no reason, in my opinion, there's no reason to lie. Yeah. In this many different people. Like if it was just Jordan Kathy, it's like, okay, maybe they're just doing it for fame or, or fortune or whatever. But there's just multiple uh, accounts of it. Yeah. So that's that's the story of 112 Ocean Ave. 108 Ocean F. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. 
or girl that lived there. Poor family people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's said that there's been no activity since then in the house. It's been I did completely that, silent. Yeah. Some of the demonologists and psychics and all that, and uh, they've talked about poltergeists and, and how just as fast as it could start from a traumatic event, mm-hmm. it can also go away just as fast. And generally when someone moves out, it can also leave. Or when someone moves in, it sometimes can leave. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's gone. Yeah. No more fucking pig man. <laughs> Good Lord. Wouldn't you like to see it just once? Would you like to see it just once? Because yeah, I sure the fuck of. don't. You do? Because well, if you see it once, that means you're going to probably see it multiple times. And then you're going to start hearing the bed shake. Well, I don't want to see it in my own place. Where the hell do you want to see it? Not my place. No. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> I don't have to go back to again. <laughs> Maybe that'll be one of our investigation sites. Does <laughs> that work? Be some cool yeah, ass shit. And have the fucking fever and blistering hands. Hey, I'll deal with it for once if I get some evidence. That'd be cool shit, though. Oh, if we get evidence, I'm all down for it. <laughs> but I don't want to just experience it to experience it. No yeah, offense. I kind of do. <laughs> I've experienced enough weird poltergeist uh, fucking shit like that. <laughs> that I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Love, well, of course, hopefully in the coming year, we will have multiple new experience in the ghostly fashion, hopefully in the Sasquatch fashion too. Yes. With some investigation. That's the plan. So We're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. <laughs> um, so hopefully we, we do experience some of this stuff and record it. That'd be awesome. That would be wild. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a creepy fucking story. That is. And I don't know why they stay 28 days, let alone three weeks. Yeah, no, they had uh, uh, big cojones. <laughs> yeah. Could say that, or they're fucking loose screws, or the they're stupid. Yeah, I'm gonna go. But I mean, they just paid for a brand new house. I'm sure that they were probably like, yeah, "Fuck it, we should oh, probably stay one it more up. night." How <laughs> <laughs> about one more night? <laughs> oh, Jody's your best friend, and he's a pig. Oh, one more night. <laughs> Invite him to dinner. We'll set a second plate up. <laughs> what does he eat? Slop. <laughs> oh, good lord! But yeah, that is our Amityville trilogy. Three-parter. Three-part trilogy. It's impressive. Guys, thank you again. Be sure to check out our socials and website for merch and more info. Tell a friend, leave a review. We want to hear what you guys like about the show. Reach out to us at dtscast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts there. Join us next Monday for our next episode. And in the meantime, we urge you to stay curious, be vigilant, and remember, don't touch my Sasquatch. He's mine! (laughs) Peace! Peace! See ya! Dramatic pause. Go. Sorry, I was looking up to see a picture of this old bastard. George then asked Jody, Ah, oh, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I did shit piss a little. You don't know me. But it's not on. Record. Over. No, we're not. Cut it.